want to talk to you uh, briefly here uh, from my, uh, this is my second time with this particular message. It's called The Blessing of Bread and Water, uh, Part 2. Uh, the Blessing of Bread and Water, Part 2. And uh, this has to do with God's provision for his people, God's provision for his people. And uh, I remember as a young person reading the scriptures and hearing that God said he was going to bless our bread and water. I mean, you know, what about the Cokes and, and, and the Orange Crush and stuff like that? You know, I mean, you know, who wants just bread and water? That's prison food or something, you know. You kind of think like that, but that's not accurate. <laughs> you know, it, it's really a, a tremendous blessing that God poured out. Uh, so we have, we have already established in our previous message that the body uh, needs bread and water to sustain its vitality and function. You know, it, ha- it needs to do that. And so bread here in the scripture is talking about, of course, um, uh, bread, but it's, it's also talking about food, you know, that your sustenance, that which sustains you. Um, and so, but when we talk about vitality, because bread and water will... Uh, uh, sustain your vitality. And so what about, what is vital, uh, vitality? What does that mean? It means the power to live and grow, but not the power to just exist, but the power to live, to uh, thrive and grow uh, and uh, to be ex- exuberant uh, physically, to be exuberant physically, to have physical strength, and, and also to have mental acuity or, or mental uh, strength and vitality. So you, you won't have physical nor uh, mental vigor without proper nourishment. So what God is talking about here, and I started in the New Testament, but this story begins in Exodus when the Scripture says God brought Israel out of Egypt. He brought them out to bring them in. So God has a purpose for our lives. And we know the story. He fed them 40 years uh, in the wilderness. He rained down bread for them. So that was all to do with what God is doing in the New Testament church, which we are. It was a picture of what God was going to do. So uh, we have this uh, vitality. We have uh, our own vitality, we have also function. So that means we get our function from our nourishment. So as a believer, you should be uh, um, a, a, a vigorous person. As a believer, you should not be all droopy. You should not be, be, be without energy, but you have great energy, great mental uh, alertness. But, but the function has to do with the, uh, it's the purpose for which something was designed. It's like, why did God made you? Why did he make you in this particular way? So we, we have the ability to do so much because God made us uh, by his own design, his own purpose. And we exist because God had purpose for us. And we have to then understand also our role. What is your role in life? What is your role? Uh, how do you carry yourself? You know that because of what you have been eating or receiving in God. So when you look at, at bread and water, we are going to get our nutrients from that. When, uh, in years ago, when Rome attacked to conquer e- Egypt, they wanted Egypt for its very nutritious bread. Uh, I, I, not the, the bleached flour stuff, but the very nutritious bread. A Roman soldier could, could uh, sustain himself uh, a whole day off one 
good loaf of Egyptian bread. And so, likewise, what God is saying to us through those stories and through, through that history is that Jesus is now our bread and water. That's what he wants you to know. And Jesus attests to this himself that he is our bread and water. So how is this applicable to my life today? With all of the things that are going on in the world, all of the madness, the craziness, you're going to need spiritual vitality to get through. Now, you don't want to get through it all haggard, you know, your ears all half off, your eye droopy. You know, you don't want to do all that because you don't have to. You don't have to do that because God has given us spiritual nourishment through Jesus and has given us spiritual vitality. Um, I was wondering, um, you know, there's an old, when I used to watch these old Western movies years ago, there was a, the old cowboys would say, so, are those vittles ready? You know, and... <laughs> And I was, I was wondering if maybe that had something to do with vittles bring you vitality, food and, and, and vitality, right? So, right. So, so then God is interested in you being uh, physically strong, absolutely, but also spiritually strong. There's a human body, and then there's a spiritual body. So as you're a part of both. You're, you have a human body, but you're also a part of a spiritual body. And the spiritual body exists because of that amazing eternal bread, which is a person. It's not just the wheat and so forth. It is a person. And so likewise, you and I need to be uh, physically strong. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 13, uh, Paul is explaining this to the Corinthians. The Corinthians were, were just some a crazy place. They were nutty. Um, they did everything crazy. And... Uh, the, when they got saved, uh, they got saved, but they still had some bad thoughts. And, and the Lord had to re rebuke them and deliver them from their bad thinking. How many of you know that when you got saved, you were not perfect yet? Amen. Yeah, and, and, and come on, some of us, if we're if we totally honest, let's be totally honest, we, God's still working on us. Yeah. He's still working on us. He, he's working on me. I'm a lot better, a lot better than I was when I was 25. I'm a lot better than I was when I was 55 because I've, I've been growing in the Lord. Why? Eating this particular bread, receiving this, this amazing bread, eternal life. Now, notice what the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 6, 13. It says, now the body is not for sexual immorality. So is that, why would you have to tell a Christian that? <laughs> Somebody's helping me preach this because they don't know. <laughs> so, so, but, but, but Paul is saying some people misuse the body. So the body is not so that you can fulfill every appetite. See, uh, God gives appetite, even sexual appetite. God gives that. But lust is appetite out of control. And you have to recognize that. So it is up to you now as a, as a spiritual entity to... Curb your appetite. Amen. Yeah, God, you say, well, God, why did you give it to me if we didn't want to use it? Oh, he wants you to use it, but within the right parameters. Amen. So he tells you the body is not for that. So your human body is not for sexual immorality. And spiritually, the body is not for sexual immorality. So, so God doesn't want us being immoral sexually, physically, nor spiritually. That is, having other gods before God, the Father. 
Now, now this is the, the, the point I want to make. But the body is for the Lord. But for the Lord. Not for uh, sexual immorality, but for the Lord. So then he says, and the Lord for the body. What he is saying to us is that if you can, Jesus is a head. So if you can imagine Jesus as the head, and God ordained it, the Father ordained it to be so. So you don't have just the head in heaven going, you know, you don't. That's not the purpose because God, uh, he says, the body, uh, but the, um, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. So our, us, we, the body, are for the Lord, the head. Okay? And the head is for the body. So he wants us to understand that this is well thought out by God. So then, uh, by us being in Christ and Christ in us, we are well fed. We are well nourished. And so that means that you and I have no reason to, as it were, err all the time and being whatever the world is and being what the world is directing us to be. No, we follow our head. Now, in John chapter 7, uh, verse 37, we'll look at that in just a second, but I want you to get a picture, and we'll do, do something on this at a later date, but you get a picture of, of these uh, Israelites coming out of Egypt, and they are, they are, they've been slaves for over 400 years or subjugated to forced labor uh, and maltreated for over 400 years. They, they probably just don't have the best sense of things. And because they've been limited and they've, they've been under hard taskmasters. That was you and me. We, we were, uh, we were as, uh, it, it came out just be real quick, and I won't have to search for the proper word. We were just as ignorant as a stone when we came to Jesus. Just a rock, you know? Really, I don't want to waste my time here. But, but you know, we were, we were like that. We, he brought us out. They were the same. These guys, they came out of Egypt. They didn't know anything. They had to be taught by God. And so, so but, and, and there were no bakeries out there in the wilderness where they could. There, there were no crops being grown. So what God did was rain them bread from heaven and showing them, I will take care of you. I will nourish you. It was all not happenstance. It was all by design of God. And so when God brought us out of our ignorance, brought about us out of our stupidity, if you can handle that word, brought us out of both of them. He brought us out. He started to train us, to teach us. And, and, and many of us, like Israel, were rebelling in the wilderness, although God has sustained us with bread from heaven, but the true bread from heaven. All right? It's a true bread from heaven. So, such a good story. So, let me read, read if I can a little quickly. Am I going too fast for you? Okay. Not yet. If I'm going too fast for you, just jump up out of your seat, Bill. <laughs> so, let's look at the, 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 uh, fe the Feast of Tabernacles. Here's what he's talking about in John chapter 7. He says, on the, on the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, you know, you, you're mature enough to know he wasn't crying, but he was shouting. And he was doing this to get their attention and focus. And so if Jesus did that for his audience, he got really loud so that he would get their attention. And this is what he said. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. So he's speaking of spiritual thirst. I'm going to tell you the whole world is thirsty, but they don't want to come to the right source. And you and I see it all the time. You watch the news, it's craziness. Now, can I just say this quickly? You know what, what, what boggles my mind is that Christians are arguing over which world is source to drink from. 
Look here. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him go to Jerusalem. Let him go to Gihon, where the springs were. No. Let him come to me, Jesus is saying. That is a messianic statement. Let him come to me. Because, because uh, Jeremiah's already prophesied that God's people had committed two evils. They had rejected him, the, the source, and, and uh, they, they had committed two evils. They had rejected him, uh, the fountain of living water. And that was the first one. And then they dug out, hewed out for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns or systems. Their own systems. They said they rejected two evils. I mean, they, they committed two evils. They rejected me, the source of living water, speaking of Jehovah or Yahweh and Jesus Christ, and they've, they've dug out their own wells. They got their own watering places. And so, so that's what's happening today. And, and, uh, but Jesus still cries out through the church, come to me and drink. But not through those who are saying, uh, let's decide we're going to drink from this well. Oh, no, we're going to drink from this one. No, 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 let's go over to this side. Let's drink from this one. Wow. Now listen to what he says. He who believes in me, Jesus is giving them a greater uh, uh, explanation of what he is saying. He is, this is his own exegesis. He says, he who believes in me, as the scripture says, so you can't just believe in Jesus. You've got to believe him as the scripture said. So you, you believe on him as the scripture said. Now, now, now the, you know, I think he's allowed me to, to, to put that comma there. He who believes in me as the scripture says. Now, what's going to happen as the scripture says? So you've got to believe on him. But as the scripture says, now this is also what the scripture says, out of his belly or out of his heart or out of his innermost being will flow rivers of living water, not perishable water, not water that can evaporate. But this is living water. This is eternal water. This is God water. That's what's going to flow. And, so, and it's crazy. Just like in Jeremiah, he says, my people have committed two evils. They rejected me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn out, made their own systems, made their own source waters. Amen. They don't hold water. Is there because they, they have, they have they're leaking systems, broken systems. So what Jesus is telling us, that all that stuff that many believers are being deceived about and following after, oh, I'm going on this, you know, he says, That's, those are broken systems. They're going to hold water. And so Jesus says, he says, now, this is what the scripture promises you, that if you believe on the Messiah, if you believe on Yeshua, then out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. This is what he's saying. It's not a river, not a cup, but rivers of living water, rivers of living water. So what he's saying is there's a source in you now. I like to think that we have become source waters through Jesus Christ. And then he says, uh, John goes on explaining, verse 39 says, But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, who, uh, whom those believing in him would receive. So now, may I see a show of hands if you uh, have believed on him and if you now have the Spirit of God. You've believed in Jesus. Just let me see hand. Let me see your hand. I want someone to look across. If I don't see any hands, we'll have an altar call here later. Okay. So he says, so then he says, this he uh, spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. They would receive. Now, at that juncture, they, were, they would receive. He says, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. And so what it means is that they would receive because there was not yet spirit. So the spirit was not 
given because there was not yet spirit, he says. Now, uh, let me go to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 27. He tells us sort of, uh, he shows us rather another picture of this, of this, uh, the blessing of bread and water. Because the, the word of God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit will sustain you through anything. Amen. There is nothing that can happen to you in the whole of the universe that the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ, your bread, the Holy Spirit, his spirit will not sustain you. There's absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. I wish I could tell you some stories. Now, this is what he says. This is what he shows you. This is great. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. So, so he says, I want you to love your wife, husbands, men. I want you to love your wife just as Christ loved the church and become a total sacrifice. I thought there would be some man in the house. I wouldn't have even gone there if I knew I would have holy silence. <laughs> he gave herself for her that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. So what Jesus said, he, 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 married, uh, sort of, he married this girl. And he says, she's going to be everything I want because I'm going to, I'm going to take my word myself. I'm going to supply her abundantly. I'm going to, I'm going to satisfy her with the bread of heaven. I, I'm going to wash her with the word of God. I'm not, not preaching at her. That doesn't mean preaching at her. The Bible says this and this and this and this. And you're supposed to do this and you're not doing that. Can I say something now? There have been other stuff I've done, but I've never done that. I was scared of God. Not terrified, but I'm scared of God. Said, you don't be telling God. But the Bible says you're supposed to obey me. The Bible says you're supposed to die. You know, I don't see you dead. <laughs> 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 right. No, no. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I feel like, my, I feel like my, 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 my dear friend, Pastor Stan, when, when Dave was up here preaching, he went off in one of these directions and gave all the men up. And then he begged us not to do anything to him. So I feel like that. <laughs> but this is what Jesus did. He, he says, washing of the water by the word that he might present her to himself. A glorious church not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. But that she should be holy and without blemish. So this was God's desire. This was God's desire. This is Jesus' desire. Let, let me hurry to, the, to this little conclusion. I want to preach a while. But in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, he says, For both he who sanctifies and those who are being sanctified are all of one, which, for which reason he is not ashamed uh, to call them brethren. And, uh, and also in Hebrews 10, 10, he says, by, by that will or the will of God, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And what, what the writer of Hebrews is saying is that now the bread and those he sanctifies are of one source. They're all of one source. So we are of the same source. God has given us the same source as his son. This is so amazing to me. We, we are now, the, we, are, we now are that entity that, that houses the living bread of God. That's why we have everything to be vital to have vitality, to be vital in, a, in the end time. We have everything so that our strength is not uh, 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 diminished 
at all. And the, the water of the Holy Spirit keeps us vibrant and keeps us functional and washes all the toxins and the crazy stuff that comes to us away. We have been bathed by the, by the Word of God and by the Holy Spirit. Why do we act as though we have not? Why do we keep saying, yeah, but... No, we are the church of the living God. I know that it's dark out there. I know that it's dark out there. I know that the world is getting worse and worse. We are living in the time. Turn on the news and turn on more than just that old channel that you like. Read more than that old one channel that you like. Come on, this, the truth is in here. No, the truth is in Jesus. <laughs> are you still with me? We don't... We. we we're, there will be no excuse. We see Jesus. We say, Lord, I lost my, my function. I lost my vitality. I didn't mean to. No, if we turn to, the, to Jesus, we will never lose. Because he says, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They say, well, no, Moses fed us manna in the wilderness. We had manna from heaven. He says, but yeah, you had manna. And I'll teach you on this again. But he says, but, but that, that was not the bread. It was bread, but it wasn't the bread. And Moses never gave you the true bread. That was a figure. This is the real deal, and I'm the real deal. And those of us who have Jesus Christ have no excuse because Jesus is the real deal. Jesus is eternal sustenance. Eternal sustenance. That's why he can safely say, no weapon formed against you can prosper. That's why he can safely say, when you go through the waters, I'll be with you. That's why he can safely say, is that you go through the fire, you will not be consumed. Why? Because Jesus is the real deal. That's what he wants us to know. Why do I go through so many trials? Just so you will know that those trials are not greater than your God. That's why you go through them. Hallelujah. Why do you go through betrayal so you'll know that betrayal doesn't have the final say? Amen. Yahweh, Yeshua has the final say. This is what I know about the day in which we live. We're going to get through it. Why? Because I read the story. I read at the end of the story, I saw my champion. I saw my king, I saw my savior, I saw my deliverer, my healer. I saw my sustenance on a white horse coming to get me. Hallelujah. When that trumpet sounds, that old song says, I'm going to get out of that ground. Well, I'm not going to be in the ground. I'm coming with him. If, I'm, if I've died, I'm coming with him. But this is what I know. That there are some of us who will not sleep. I'm possibly looking at people here who will not sleep. Very possibly looking at some of you who will not sleep. And when that trumpet, that last trumpet, is sounded, the Bible says, Paul says, we're going to be caught up. I believe the story. I've lived long enough now and being a person of truth because the Bible says that you and I are the pillar and ground of the truth is to know that it's just as he said. In the name of Jesus, I bless you all. I'll be back in a minute. Sister Stephanie.